Welcome, all you creatures of the night and late night prowlers. This is the latest podcast episode in gore and guts, slasher screams and squeals, and all the things which conjure up your nightmare. To be afraid is accepted, but it won't save you from the dangers which leer right over your shoulder and breathe down your neck. When the lights are out and the night is still, the beating of your heart will give away your hiding place. It will find you, and it will not be forgiving. This is <laughs> It Records. Look at me, Damien! It's all for you! That the power of Christ compels you! Don't you blame the movies! Movies don't create psychos! What's blood for? If not for shooting. I'm your number one fan. We all go a little mad sometimes. Happy New Year, one and all, all you creatures of the night. Welcome back to the It Records podcast. I am one of your many hosts of this show, Matt Johnson. Joined as always by the magnanimous, the ever-charming Peter Hansen. Peter, thanks, thanks for joining us here today. I appreciate you being here. And we also have Lindsey Clark. We got him here in the studio, guys, for 2022. Thanks for being here, everyone. Wow. You got quite the introduction, Pete. I did. And he's lying about the year. It's still 2021, so I don't know what he's talking about. <laughs> it is currently. But when people will be listening, we are in 2022. We are in the future. <laughs> they will be listening to us in the new year. So how did you do that intro without moving your mouth? I'm very intrigued how you did that. I appreciate you noticing that. Um, I've actually been taking some ventriloquist classes, and um, I just wanted to kind of showcase it here live as we were recording. Didn't want to bring it up, but I'm glad you noticed it, so the classes must be worth uh, the money I'm putting into it. I was wondering what the glass of water was for. <laughs> what? The glass of water, what you're drinking it for. <laughs> uh, you noticed my tell. Dang it. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, thank you. Um, everyone for being here. Um, that that intro that you heard was the first intro ever written uh, for the show that I that I said whatever the crawl the first crawl in the first episode ever because that's a hint into something that we'll get into today. Um, what the episode we watched. I'm sure if you can't tell from the title already, but we will. <laughs> without further ado. Um, we're going to get into a little segment we do every time we start this show. Guys, what have you been watching, horror or otherwise? Welcome to the show. It's time to find out what the terrible trio have been watching. Or who has been watching them. All right. Do we have any takers on uh, our first? Our first. What have you been watching? I feel like I haven't been really watching that much lately. Like I've been watching just like a lot of nothing TV. You know, just like some reality. You know, I feel like you know with the holidays, it was like kind of like hard to do stuff. I did see Spider Man in theaters, and then before that, I kind of was like on a rom com kick. Like, Tell uh, me more which, about this rom-com kick that you're uh, on. Okay, two weeks notice. Sleepless in Seattle. 
Yes. Runaway Bride, What Women Want, and that's all that. That's all. That's all that was. That was that string of movies right there. Love it. Is that like '90s movies, or are there some '80s in there? Um, I'm trying to think. Do you have do you have the two years? weeks? Two weeks notice is 2002. Sleepless okay. in Seattle is 93. Runaway Bride is 99. What Women Want is 2000. Okay. Man. They're around the turn of the millennium. Interesting. Those uh, those were the days. <laughs> they don't make them like they used to. No, they don't. <laughs> <laughs> so that's Pete, rom-com, Spider-Man. I'm sure Survivor was worked in there. Some of the new season. Yeah, you I'm know, sure I, that, I, I, I watched course. the new season. But okay, all right. We got sur- we got Survivor. We got rom coms. Spider Man. Lindsay, have you watched any of those? <laughs> Is that were you watching any of those? You know I haven't. Um, <laughs> no rom coms. <laughs> I haven't really been watching a whole lot of TV lately. Um, I did see the House of Gucci movie with Lady Gaga, Adam Driver. If it would have been earlier this month, I guess that's December. 2021 for anyone listening wasn't that impressed by it honestly i thought the acting was really good um but you know what's kind of you know a little bit uh surprising i guess is like i was listening to a podcast about the gucci family okay and that is the, the podcast inspired me to go see the movie and i left thinking that the podcast was better than the movie how many times do people say that this might be the first you might be right. I, I don't know so, how many times where there's a podcast that people prefer over a movie that they saw. Yeah. I think Ridley Scott's lost his touch. Okay. Okay. House of Gucci. I have not seen it or Last Duel, but Lindsay says go to the podcast instead. Yep. That's uh, that's what I think. I haven't been watching Seinfeld, but I watched, I'm like seven seasons deep in Curb. Curb Your Enthusiasm. Are you rewatching it for the new season? Yeah, I've watched the, I haven't watched all of season 11, but I've watched the first episode. So I'm just watching all the way through again and uh, until I get to season 11. But they're pretty short. It's like 10 episodes a season, yeah. a half hour. They're not you can long. Blow through them real quick. There's like a few that's an hour, but there's not a lot. Yeah. It's been fun. That's been taking up most of my time with, I guess, television. And then with like the, I saw Spider-Man, as I said, um, in theaters and with the holidays, I watched a bunch of different Christmas movies. Um, I watched, which ones did you watch? I watch a lot. Like there's like a good number of ones. I, I repeat, like it's a wonderful life, white Christmas, Christmas story. (laughs) I hit those ones up. Charlie Brown's Christmas. I really like, and so I hit up a bunch of these, but, but this year I ventured into like, the Lifetime Hallmark Netflix oh, type movies. Peacock does them too. Yes. I like, I was like, I got to get into that world. Um, so I watched yes. a lot of those. <laughs> I watched a lot of those this year. I've lost, I lost them. I lost Matt. There's so many. <laughs> and you're... I gained you. Yes. I'm all into that. Endless movies. We'll Never. You. Endless movies. Never. I will die in this hill. <laughs> I won't ever do that. I'm not saying I liked all of them, but I ventured in and I watched a bunch. I watched a lot of them. I love Scrooge as well. That's a great Christmas movie. Scrooge is a good one. I love Muppets Christmas Carol. Sorry, that's the other one I watch all the every year, every year. Muppets Christmas Carol. Well, we have 
regaled you with what we have been watching. That could be a whole other podcast that we do. It's just, hey, this is what we're watching. Listen in. Um, But enough of the chit-chat. We are going to tell you what we're doing today. What we did today, um, I referenced that that Crawley at the beginning was the same one we used in our first episode ever, which happened to be Pete and I, and it was Fright Night. We did the 1985 film Fright Night, and that is exactly what we're doing today is the same movie, 1985, Fright Night. We went into the vault. We're coming back out. Lindsay is with us now. Lindsay was not there on that original episode. And we're kind of doing a recap, a little uh, <coughs> little chat, if you will. And, um, yeah, a retrospect, kind of in a Fright Night. See if we differ on anything we said prior or any different thoughts. And this was Pete's selection, I believe. Pete, why we Both opened times. up the vault? What's that? I chose it the first time we did it, and I chose it the second time we did it. Did you? I wasn't sure who picked it the first time. I'm pretty sure I did it. So that much hasn't changed. We know that already. Yeah. So this must be a favorite of yours for all the ones in the vault. Fright Night. You would think. I definitely really like it, yeah. it's. I mean, I already know that I defended it last time, so I guess not a shocker. But yeah, um, I like I like Tom Holland, the director, and Spider Man simultaneously. <laughs> yeah, Tom Holland directed this one. He's yet to be born, but yep. Was this his directorial debut? Yes, it is. It was, and he wrote it too, which is pretty impressive. First movie you yeah. get to direct, and he wrote it as well. I think it also has like really good special effects, which is another huge draw for me for a lot of these movies is that the good practical effects, but man, fucking evil Ed's really annoying. I forgot how annoying he was. Um, yeah, I wasn't even convinced. (laughs) Speaking of which, um, is it evil Ed? Oh, you're so cool, Brewster. (laughs) Hopefully you at home now understand what we're talking about. Um, (laughs) I had a hard time even being convinced that these like guys were friends. Like I literally said that in the first episode. Sorry, really? please continue. I said that I was just no, like they fucking it. hate each. I was like they fucking hate each other so much. <laughs> and literally in the title of that is Charlie and Evil Ed, bitter enemies till the end, is the name of the episode. He is like a cartoon character, and yes, like I'm he is. sure that's what they were going for. But he's too fucking much for me. Even before he got caught and transformed. Yeah, he's a he's a doozy. It seems weird. Charlie is our protagonist in this one. It just seems like maybe they were friends when they were younger and they just like kind of kept in touch and they kind of grew apart, but they're like sure. still friends, if you know what I mean. And like <laughs> it doesn't seem like they're totally on the same page anymore. But Charlie keeps going to Evil Ed for well, they're at the lunch table together, and then when he needs help figuring out if Jerry Dandridge is a vampire. Uh, what can I do? How can you help me? <laughs> right. Uh, Quick take. Oh, his sure. Girlfriend's hair is terrible. <laughs> okay, it's it's mid, it's peak eighties. But even that being said, I agree with you. All right. I was so, dist- at Amy. so distracted. <laughs> I was just like, wow, it looks so bad. <laughs> yeah. Interesting. I, okay. Yeah. You're not wrong. <laughs> Let's look this up. I, I can't remember exactly. 
granted, I still like this movie, but I'm just, I'm just saying, it's just, hey, I don't know. Are, either these are new takes. Grow, grow it out a little bit or cut it down more. Like the right in the middle there is this. It's it's upsetting. <laughs> I think when she became a vampire, her hair actually improved. It, it I does. Agree. I agree with that. I will agree with that. I, I wasn't so much as you guys um, saw her hair like when she was like Amy as a teenager, but I liked the hair as the vampire. It was a whole different hair. It was a whole different hairstyle. Yeah. I subconsciously just didn't know. It became more 80s, I think, is what it is. Right. Like, mm. it got more volume. Maybe. I think that's what that it sounds is. Right. More, you know, more hairspray. I don't know. <laughs> That's what happens when you get turned into a vampire. So, yeah, you know, that's one good I mean, thing. We've seen Lost Boys. That's amazing hair all around. True. Yeah. Same time period as well. So there's no excuse for her hair to be like that then starting out. <laughs> well, Lost Boys, was that like 87? Like it's two late years 80s. Late. Mm-hmm. It's late 80s for sure. It, it, it's past this. Um, but I think, you know, to that point... Yeah, we mentioned it in the in the other episode. Like, this is a vampire movie. It's also meta, um, in the way the kind of scream was not so much, but you know, meta of the vampire genre. But even Peter Vincent, who plays like a Van Helsing character in this movie, you know, mentions that kids today they just want like slashers or guy in a mask who's you know cutting cutting down teenagers with a knife or something. Because that was big in the eighties, and I feel like the vampire genre wasn't as big in eighty five. I mean, and throughout the 80s, it wasn't very big at all, I would say. And, I mean, then we got Lost Boys after this. I don't know if it was a direct correlation, but maybe people saw it, liked it, and studios started to go with the vampire genre again. Because I feel like you probably don't really get them, like, even in the 90s that much either. Like, I can't think of any of that. Like, I mean, you had, like, the Dracula remake... Interview with the Vampire. Um, Dust Till Dawn? Yeah, it's another 90s one, yeah. But yeah, it's it's not a lot. That's for sure. Yeah, I can't think of that many. Yeah. And I wonder also with this, the way Jerry Dandridge, who is the vampire, played by Chris Sarandon in this movie, like when he isn't his suave self, that you kind of see, which is, you know, typical of a vampire, this aristocratic looking, good looking person. He like transforms like a, a monster looking creature as well as Amy when she's a vampire. I don't know if that had any effect uh, on lost boys later in the, in the eighties, like the way they made those vampires look when they were oh, feasting. Yeah. I see what you're saying. Like the kind of like the, the vamp, the vamp look. Yeah, because then Josh Whedon attributes how he made the vampires look in Buffy the Vampire Slayer to Lost Boys um, when they are like oh, feasting. So I, I was wondering then if, if this you could from Lost Boys to this, if they saw what the Tom Holland did with the vampires when they turned to the correlation of the Lost Boys. So why did Evil Ed turn into a, war- a fucking wolf? Great question. Because I, I feel like up until that point, they are really hitting home about different vampire tropes and like, you know, the garlic, you have the holy water and all that stuff, which like makes sense from movies. But Jerry Dandridge was said to have turned evil Ed. I thought he would be a vampire, but he was a werewolf. I don't know where that lore connects, really. I feel like it kind of 
touches upon like I remember remember Van Helsing with Hugh Jackman. Of course. And Kate yeah. Beckinsale? Yeah. Yes. They kind of talk about like werewolves like being like the servants to vampires. And I don't know if do, I don't know if this is like where they're getting this from or like the protectors of like were of of Dracula and then like only a werewolf could kill Dracula. So I don't know if that's something they made up or is it's picking from the same source, you know, like the, there's like, Oh, werewolves and vampires go together kind of thing. Yeah. I don't know if I kind of, I kind of like that, that point, I guess. I don't know if that's, you know, accurate or not, but like they are the protectors of the vampires. It's, it's a better explanation than what I have thought. Cause I, if I can quote another Kate Beckinsale movie in Underworld, you know, she's a vampire and they are mortal enemies, the lichens and vampires. They, they are. Yeah. So that's where my lore comes from is those movies. They're, they're enemies, but maybe, maybe you have a point. Maybe originally a werewolf could only kill Dracula or something. And it was a protector or whatnot. And I know, we're, we're going back into the vault. Pete, you and I watched this, but Lindsay, had you ever seen it before? I don't think I asked that. I don't know if you had, if this is your first time. Yeah. yeah. Surprisingly. Yes. Um, okay. But it was a couple of years ago. I so didn't really remember it very well. So I was glad to have an excuse to watch it again. And uh, it's exactly how I remembered it. That's a good thing in my opinion, but I'll expand on that later on. Sure. And Tom Holland, when we, we mentioned him, he did this in 85, not Spider-Man. And he wrote and directed it. But he, just to, for horror significance, people, he also did, I think it was 88, Child's Play. Is that correct? Right? He's yes. in the whole. Yeah. And then a few years later, Psycho 2, I think he wrote, which is not, you know, a huge success in the horror genre, but he wrote Psycho 2. I actually really like like it. I think it's a very good sequel. Okay. But he didn't direct it. No. That's right. Okay. But he wrote it. Yeah. So he's written some some pretty good horror movies. And, and to that point, I don't know if this is in trivia, and I hope I'm not stepping on your feet, but I think he's written or is in the process of writing a a follow-up Fright Night. So there was a there was supposed to be a Fright Night, what? two and three originally like back in the day and then but they made a fright night too yes but it's with is it a female yes. uh lee it was supposed to be evil ed he didn't want to do it um so they made fright night two fright night three didn't happen because of the menendez trials um we get the remake in 2011 and then now i think tom holland says he's going to write a sequel Fright Night 2 but it's a direct sequel to the first Fright Night so kind of like what they John Carpenter and, them, and like what is it Green just did with Halloween is make a sequel to the original and bypass everything that came before you know if anyone's gonna do that it's the the horror movies it's like you know what we're just gonna ignore this movie because we can do that <sighs> Halloween did it twice they've done it no I think they've done it three times it's at least three, yeah, because there's so many that's timelines. Ins- that's insane that they've 
just get away with it. <laughs> yeah. That's a good point is like, there's some of those franchises in the horror genre. There's so many of them. That they like negate other ones that came prior or try to reboot it um, in the middle. And you just got to kind of keep up with the timeline the entire time. I just did Friday the 13th. I don't think they do that all too much. No, they don't. They don't like try to reboot except for like the, the remake, which is a remake, which, you know, but it, it takes place in modern times still, right? It's supposed to take place like in the two thousands, not back to yeah. 1980. Yeah. It's like a current, like it's like a, a modern, modern, like a Friday the 13th. Yeah. But yeah, we'll be on the lookout for a new Friday night part two. I mean, I, can you do it? I feel like he hasn't made a movie in so long. Tom Holland, I'm I'm sure he can. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. He might have had this script written forever. We just don't know. It might have been one of his original sequels. Yeah, but does he have the chops though? Like, when what's the last movie he directed? No idea. I'm looking. I have no up. idea. Yeah, I'm looking it's, up. it's not. It's not recent. Well, and speak while you're doing that, you know. Didn't you on an earlier episode that we, we used to do like mini episodes where we picked a director and like went over their kind of their works? Did you do Tom Holland? Or you, no, you chose a child play, the child's play series. That's what you did. Yeah, that's what I did. I did a child's that's play not- series, even though I didn't even see all of them. I don't know what the hell I was doing. I didn't even see yeah. all. I still haven't seen all of them. I've seen the first, I've seen the first, second, <laughs> and the curse of Chucky. And there's like fucking eight of them in a TV show now. Yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a fan favorite. Meanwhile, I watched all those Hellraisers starring. He sure did. For that episode. Lindsay, have you watched all those? Either. Have you watched any Child's Play or Hellraiser movie? Nope. I'm sure that comes as a surprise to all of you. Yeah. I'll put a big like. 1996 is the last time he directed a movie. 96? Yes, 96. It's Stephen King. It's a Stephen King book. Thinner. It's okay. Of a movie. Okay. And that's being a little generous. I don't know if he would direct the new one. I just know he's writing it. I bet they wouldn't let him direct it because of that. He's been gone forever. But he can write it. Fright Night. Yeah. Let him have something. Yeah. Step aside, old man. <clears throat> let Jordan Peele. Let Jordan Peele remake it for you. Yeah. You have uh, Robert Eggers do it. <laughs> it's be some psychological horror. Ari Aster. Even I don't really like him. <laughs> right, that's his name, right? That's the one yeah, who did like Midsummer and heard it there. Yeah. Yeah. Now, now that we're kind of like rehashing Fright Night, though, I have to bring up the scene that you know is one of my favorites from Fright Night is the the nightclub scene. It's, yes. <laughs> yeah. Go ahead, Lindsay. Go ahead. I just have a question. Maybe it's something I missed. Go ahead. Aren't they seventeen? How are they in that nightclub? Do they, they have fake in. ideas? No, they snuck in totally. They snuck in. Okay. I think I think we see them, if I remember correctly, like come in from like an alleyway, like a back door. They snuck in. 
Or maybe that's you, where Jerry you know, gets kicked out. Back then, you just that's had to slide him, a, slide him a $20. You know, it was all yeah. good. No questions asked. It was the 80s. Okay, okay. Yeah. Right, right. We live in different times. Little um, nose candy here and there. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's all my question was. Take it away. I think they were. I mean, at the most, they're 18. And you still shouldn't be able to get into a club, probably, unless you're 21. It, it was like late at night, too. Mm-hmm. Maybe it was different in the 80s. Maybe you could get in at 18. There's no rules then. No rules. It's frightening. Right. I'm a, I'm no approaching rules. it from like a 21st century type of view, but, you know, I got to remember. Yeah. That's yeah. not how it was necessarily. It's a wild west then. out there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Especially with that hairstyle. She was committing a crime. <laughs> we always got to bring back it back to, to that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's funny. Yeah, but that I I really like that nightclub scene. I think it like it's an interesting way to you know, with vampires in the past, like they have that hypnotic trance that like you know Bill Lagosi had where they show they put the light over his eyes and it looked like he was like hypnotizing people or whatnot. And it, I thought it was a very interesting way that it's like through dance or like through this music where he's like slowly like hypnotizing uh, Amy under his spell. Seducing her. Seducing her. Yeah, and so that she's like now you know, under his control and cause he, because ultimately what well, Amy looks like his former lover, is that right? Like we yeah. see the painting and it looks like she looks identical to one of his past lovers. Mm-hmm. So he's transfixed. His first love. His first love. Yeah. It doesn't matter, Amy. You don't have any choice. Give me his number. Yeah, and I was hooked. I was hooked at that point. Jerry Dandridge out there in his sweater. He's got to be so hot in that he was like in a sweater, right? <laughs> like in a nightclub, like on the dance floor. I'd be like sweating at that point. But he's a vampire, you know. Yeah, he's they cool. Don't he's cucumber. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, ice cold. He's dead. That's right. True. That's a good point. That's a good point. But I, I the the last thing about that scene. Um, is I, I I like the one shot where they're kind of spinning um, and dancing to that song that was just played. But as they're spinning, it shows like her spinning with nobody. And then like it cuts back to her looking at him and back and forth. I just thought that was an interesting way to show like, you know, the vampire doesn't have a reflection. So if anybody just looked in the mirror, they could tell that he was a vampire. I is it like a fake out? No, sorry, Lindsay, what are you saying? All I was going to say is that I didn't particularly, I know, but He's supposed to portray a smooth-talking, like, vampire. I didn't find him very smooth, okay? Like, I just thought, like, he was really creepy, and he's not even that good-looking. I'm sorry. (laughs) I just didn't buy it. I mean, to be fair, he is creepy. He is seducing a 17-year-old, so you are correct. Yeah, Yeah, Um, that too. Yeah. (laughs) I think, you know, by, like, I could see from, like, you know, you know, again, looking at fucking Charlie's mom who was like swooning over him. Here's this single guy. He has a job and he's mildly attractive. Boom, all it takes. That's all we need. Well, full head of hair, you know? Yeah. She sure. had she has 
nobody <laughs> sleeps yeah. all day. <laughs> all day. <laughs> Only comes out at night. Yeah. She has a very hard job working at the hospital. I don't even know what the Yeah, I believe she's a hospital. She worked at a hospital. She's tired. Yeah. Well, You're building Susan, a good case. I get it. Susan Sarandon, she she found him attractive at some point. They I don't know when they got divorced, but they were together for a while. That's right. No, they weren't. Okay. No, they weren't. Aren't what isn't that where she gets her last name from? No relation. No. I literally just no relation. With that. No relation. Okay, hold the phone. That's crazy. No relation. No Are relation. They, they're not her. siblings, then. No. Wait. Just yeah, a fucking they, Chris Sarandon was her spouse. What? Nineteen sixty-seven to nineteen seventy-nine. She kept his name. Okay. Bada bing, bada boom. Okay, I was like you, shook. You've for been a second. frightened. <laughs> I. I could have sworn. I thought I looked this up too. Okay, I was just wrong. Thank God. Yeah, so okay. they were divorced by the time this movie came out, but she still kept his name. I don't know what her original last name is. Well, I'll ask this before we kind of go into, you know, rounding it out here with trivia and stuff. I want to ask two separate questions. One to Pete first. Um, this is the second time we're doing this. I know you've seen it many times before. Are there any new recollections beyond Amy's hair um, that stood out to you um, in this viewing that you liked more, didn't don't remember as much or uh, stood out to you, anything like that. The only thing I think of, I actually thought I wasn't as into it this time. I think um, I just been in a weird mood for movies. So I just kind of like attested to that. Like, I feel like I have been really like, in a horror movie mood for a little bit. So I think it kind of goes with that, but I don't think I really had any recollections of anything that was new. Cause I've seen this movie at least five times. Yeah. So you're not really going to have any new revelations. <laughs> no. Yeah. I think, I don't think I had any big ones. I think what threw me at first watching it, it's been a bit a minute since I watched it was all the clocks in the house. And I was kind of curious, like what I, what the hell the clocks were for? I thought they were like an alarm clock for him to like wake up. And I was like, why does he really need to wake up? But then it was, I realized it was for like dawn was coming, right? So like yeah. he had to get to his coffin Just to warn him. Yeah. <laughs> and it was like they're they're everywhere. They're like all over the entire house. There's so many of them. Oh no, Lindsay, you said this is your sec, at least your second time watching. You said you've seen it before. Was the there anything that jumped time, out yep. to? Yeah, anything that jumped out to you. So it's the same question. Yeah, same question. For someone that uh, does podcasts with you guys, I'm not the most observant person sometimes, but, you know, I'm really stuck on, like, Amy's hair, as <laughs> Pete brought up. Don't like it. So I agree with that. Um, didn't really notice it before. I think what I didn't know, and I can delve into it a little bit more, I didn't realize, you know, not being as well versed with horror like you guys, I didn't realize that the um, the character, you know, the what's his name, um, Peter Vincent. Yes, yes. Um, Peter Vincent is you know the one that kind of is supposed to be like the expert, right? That Charlie seeks out help, you know, with all those vampire um, stuff afoot. Um, I didn't realize that that was supposed to be kind of like the Vincent Price character. 
And it, it made a lot of sense. Like when I, you know, read that, I'm like, oh, that's that's pretty clever. You know, I'd say probably that. That's a good one. Yeah, he's like a. For me, he like provides a dual role of like Vincent Price because he he hosts Fright Night Theater, which is what Charlie watches. That's why he goes to him for aid on like how to get rid of a vampire. Um, so that's really I like that part of him. Um, it's kind but, of like a. Uh, like Elvira or like some kind of host like watches bad movies late at night, you know, like in, I don't know if you guys had this, but like Sven Yeah. Like on channel 26, like so it was for me, you know, he would watch bad, bad horror movies all the time. And I don't know. It was like kind of that vibe for me. Yeah. The Peter Vincent show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he also plays like a dual, uh, purpose for me of like a Van Helsing character too for w- once he's not uh, in the show when he's with Charlie trying to kill Jerry I feel like he becomes like a Van Helsing he's supposed to know how to kill the Dracula character even and though like he's fake out, fake out Charlie there and he's just he's really suffering he's like <laughs> yeah I, f- I found Charlie to be very sympathetic you know from an audience standpoint for sure Especially being friends with Ed. Well, I think we can, with that, do you have any trivia for us, Lindsay, for Fright Night? You know it. Awesome, because I don't Um, think we didn't do this the first time. We never did this little bit. I don't think we ever did. Maybe we did trivia if I I knew it, like, offhand. Yeah. So, yeah, here's a little bit of a revamp. So, I'll start with a small nugget. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, so i'm sure everybody watching this movie has the same thought and that is how many times can they possibly say charlie in this movie and i thought do we know and then i found out it was 62 times but it feels like so much more that is a lot yeah it's like an hour and 40 minute movie right so that's what I mean, it's just over. It's like one every two minutes. Yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. So. It's a lot of Charlie's. Yeah. So, yeah, that's something that really stood out to me. I'm sure, like I said, it stands out to most that watch this movie. Yeah. But on to other things. Um, So this is regarding casting, and I have a two for one. So. Touching back onto the Peter Vincent character, um, the name I found out was a mashup of two very well-known actors in horror, Peter Cushing and Vincent Price. That being said, never heard of Peter Cushing. I'm just going off what I found. Um, do you guys know who Peter Cushing is? Yes, I do. Of course. Matt? He's like, he's very similar. Matt, Matt, I assume Matt knows too. Yeah. Okay. Um. So Vincent Price also was meant to play the Peter Vincent role um, since it was based on him and written for him. Um, But there were a few different factors that went into him not ultimately playing the role. Um, Basically what I got was that he was a little too good for it, meaning that the role was like kind of more for a moderately moderately successful actor, not somebody of Vincent Price's stature. Um, also, because his health was 
on the decline at that point, and uh, he was trying not to take as many horror roles anymore. I'm sure he felt that he'd like been there, done that in his career, so um, he ended up not playing the character. Yeah, I guess he did do it for like 30 years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like, you I get feel, it, I, you know. I feel like it would have been a different movie, not if, if like Vincent Price would have been in it, because I, I, I don't really know many of the the actors in this one. I mean, I think Chris Saran is probably the most famous off the top of my head from this movie. Yeah, I recognize the black guy, the police chief. Um, but I feel like he was just, I looked him up and he was like, just like in other movies that I've seen. I don't think he was like a main role. In other movies, just kind of in a lot of stuff. Yeah, like another cop or like a principal or you know i'm just trying to think of like generic roles sure yes yeah yeah i I just think if vincent price would have been in it then with that in mind like it would have been maybe they would have tried to market it more or something or it might have been panned more or i feel like it's definitely like a has a cult following for sure um it might have with vincent price but i just think it people would have gravitated more to it if like some like his name is attached to it than without absolutely the remake is great by the way i really enjoy the remake the 2011 mm-hmm. i do it's Colin Farrell, uh david Tennant. um there's a couple other guys in there anton yelich yeah anton yelich um the guy that played mclovin i can't remember his yeah name. he plays like the evil ed character right he did of course yeah, yeah. it's a good remake mm-hmm. oh and um Oh my god, what's her name? She's a really good actress too. She plays the mom. She's in Hereditary. Tony Collette. Yeah, she plays. The I mom. thought it was Tony Collette. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, she plays the mom. Like well, that's a solid cast. I think I gotta that's see a this. Cast. Yeah. I kind of wrote it off because you know remakes, but uh, that sounds pretty good. Ensemble cast. It's, it's one of the better ones in my opinion. Like it's one. Like I like that one a lot. I agree. I disagree with Matt. I think the Friday the Thirteenth remake is good. I know he doesn't like it. <laughs> um, hate the Nightmare on Elm Street remake. Yeah, so mm. bad. We, we can agree on that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, on that note, um, the second part of my casting uh, trivia. Yes. So, if you guys didn't know, Charlie Sheen auditioned for the role of our protagonist, Charlie Brewster. Um, if you can picture that, um, too but, old. Yeah, well, maybe not eighty-five. And Ragsdale was like twenty-four when he played this part. So, um, okay. you know. Uh, so anyway, Tom Holland decided that his looks weren't right for the character, um, and you know, obviously, William Ragsdale was chosen instead. And quote, Charlie Sheen was a hero. He said, um, and Bill Ragsdale playing Charlie was more of the guy next door of what they needed. And I would totally agree with this. I think they made the right call. I think we needed what William Ragsdale brought. I don't see, I could see Charlie Sheen doing it, but I just don't think that he's not the it's guy. Different next movie. Door. You know, it's a different he's movie. just not. Yeah. He's like, I feel like when I look at Charlie in the fright night, what, what was his, Ragsdale? Is that his, his name? 
he does have a boy next door look. And like, when I see him, I was like, Oh, he could definitely be watching Fright Night Theater and like be into it. Right. And like, I get it. If I, I, I can't buy like Charlie Sheen in the eighties, like I just, just look like Colin said, I can't see him w- sitting home at night watching Friday night theater and being, no, he's too cool. Yeah. Right. He gives off a, he has a cool vibe. Yeah. That he would be doing that. So yeah, that actually, I really appreciate that because I feel like they achieved what they were going for in that casting. And lastly, for those of you that have seen Salem's Lot 1979, you may or may not have uh, recognized the homages, several of them paid to it throughout Fright Night. Um, I'm talking like, you know, the basement ending, that finale uh, ending in the early morning, um, you know, the house with the big grand staircase and the window backdrop. What else? The older man kind of vampire, like younger protagonist, uh, vampire hunter, you know. Um, so there's a lot that uh, I think was inspired by that movie in this movie. And true horror fans like yourself, I'm sure, can appreciate it. Oh, there's one last thing I wanted to say on uh, the note of trivia. Did you guys know that this uh, came out as a PC game in 1988? No. No, three years after was released yeah and (laughs) it's interesting i guess like you play jerry and like you're the one taking out all the intruders in the house i'm like oh that's uh that's interesting playing the villain yeah but i feel like back then with like video games they were in their infancy maybe 88 they were a little better but like you couldn't do as much open pc on PC, it's like, point, it's like, it's like point and click. It's on point and click. It's gotta be. Yeah, it, they were the games were weren't as open world as they are now. But they might have been getting there. So it's like, oh, how yeah. can we simplify this game? Okay, it's in one place. It's in his house. <laughs> like, we got to keep people out. So you're not having yeah. to load screens over and over. It's gotta be a point and click. I'm telling you, it's gotta be <laughs> oh, a treasure. Oh, 100 point and click. All right, so. If that kind of rounds out the full-on discussion of our Fright Night thoughts coming back out of the vault, do we have another Defender Destroy? I guess this would be Lindsay's first, but then Pete and I will give a uh, our thoughts again, if anything has changed, in the five years since we last talked about Fright oh, Night. Oh, geez. Yeah. Five years. So, Pete, this is your movie, so as our rules dictate, and we adhere to all rules here at the records podcast, do you defend or destroy? Friday night. I defend, it. I defend it still. It's a, it's a very enjoyable film for me. It's a fun. Um, I feel like, it, you know, it's just, you got some good practical effects in there. And it's a little silly, you know, it's got, it's got a lot of good things going for it. All right. That's a defend. Um, I'll go quick. Big defend. I like vampire movies in general, and then I always like I also like the reflective meta aspects of certain horror movies, like Scream. This one has it for vampires in the eighties, so it's fun. Like it's tongue in cheek, I guess. It's it knows that it's like trying to be a vampire movie, but also serious enough that it like it works as just a movie. If you didn't know vampire movies, you would just see it as a vampire movie, not knowing that they're paying homage to other vampire movies. Um, so it's fun. It's a cool vampire movie. I think it moves pretty quick. I think the only time it really slows down is like the nightclub scene that goes on for 
a minute. It's it's pretty long. <laughs> it goes on for like six minutes, but um, it's got some good eighties music in there. But other than that, I think it's a fun time. It's a fun, a fun eighties vampire movie to watch. Still defend. All right. Well, um, that leaves me. So for a minute, like when I was watching it, I kind of forgot where I was. And I was like, wow, this movie is like so unbelievably of the 80s. I can't handle it. And then I was like, oh, yeah, 1985. And I mean that in the most complimentary way. It is so good. It exemplifies what we think of when we think of 80s horror. Um, It's definitely like the epitome of a good popcorn flick. It's got camp, it's got gore, it's got vampires, made it a very good time for horror movies. Um, And it's got a blend of genres like fantasy and horror and comedy. Um, What more could you want? So for me, it's a defend, which makes it unanimous. So it'll stay unanimous. Very good points. Yeah, those are, I agree with everything (laughs) he said. Yeah, about Fright Night. So I guess, you know, we don't have to burn... Fright Night. We can keep it. We can put it back in the vault. Um, maybe for a third listen, another five years down the road, and see if we still like Fright Night. But that sounds like uh, a plan. I guess for the that was kind of a little taste of going back in the vault. Um, we're going to continue that for a little bit, um, at least for for two other picks here coming up. We're going to go back um, into some of our earlier episodes. Um, and revisit them. I think they're going to be ones that Pete, you and I did. Isn't that right? And then Lindsay, ones that Lindsay wasn't on the live yet. Yeah, because like we kind of decided it was like the time before we really got our shit together with um, the mic situation. We had some problems for a couple episodes. And it was before Lindsay joined us. Yeah. So that'll be fun. We'll go back to some early episodes um, and uh, review our thoughts and see what Lindsay thinks of these new movies. So that you have that to look forward to uh, in the coming weeks and into the new year, into 2022, with the Records cast. But until then, get us on Facebook, Twitter. That's where we're on our social media uh, right now. And you can listen that to us anywhere you listen to podcasts. Spotify, Apple, SoundCloud. We're all there. We are on the internet. You can listen to us. We love your feedback. Like and subscribe. That's your, That's us. It records. But until next time, though, I will be in Jerry Dandridge's basement in the shadows. I'm Matt Johnson. You're not breaking the windows to try and kill the vampire? No, then there wouldn't be as many shadows for me to to be in until the next time. kind of fucking vampire hunter are you? I like vampires. I'm more of a familiar than a vampire. He just likes vampires. That's it for me. (laughs) 